We come to faith in Christ by simple, simply believing in Christ. And, we, and through that, we have peace with God. Then we saw um, that we have grace. We stand in grace of God. We are saved by grace, and it is grace that we stand. We stand in that grace. When you come to faith in Christ, you have peace with God, and you stand in grace. And that's daily. You stand in grace daily. Then we talked about, we'll talk about this week, or begin to talk about, hopefully, we have hope of glory, and we, we rejoice in hope, and we rejoice in tribulation. We are saved from our past sin. We have peace with God. We are saved from our present sin. You know, that's our daily life. And we stand in grace. And today we're going to look at we have hope in a future glorification in the presence of God. So our past is we have peace with God. Our present is we stand in grace. And our future is that we stand we will be in the presence of God. Hope is detached from our control. You know, the hope that a Christian has doesn't is not conditional on our control of it. Salvation was not under our control. Christ provided salvation. So the same is true with our hope with our assurance. It's not in our control because we lose control of our lives. We lose control of our circumstances. We can't control everything. And if you're a control Nazi like me, it's kind of scary when I lose control. I don't like to lose control. But because of hope my hope is not built in my control of it. Hope is disconnected from our planning. Now, I heard someone say that every war plan goes out the window when the first shot is fired. Then they rely on their training. We make our plans, but it's the Lord that directs our footsteps. Proverbs 16.9 says, A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Hope is unaffected by our anxiety. No matter what our worries are in life, no matter if they're financial or health-wise or anything like that, our hope is not connected to that. It's detached from that. It's unaffected by our anxieties. The hope is steadfast. Hope is, we should hope in the one that no one controls. No one controls God. That's where our hope is. It's in God. Ecclesiastes uh, 7.13 says, Consider the work of God for who can make that straight which he has made crooked. You know, I think 
I was just reminded of a man trying to make something straight that God made crooked, and the Kissimmee River is a perfect example of that. It's been a disaster since they've done that. You used to could go down the Kissimmee River, and it would take you about, you know, an hour, and you could look across the bank there and see where you were an hour ago, because it just winds around. So who can make straight what God's made crooked? The songwriter says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, no other, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Our hope is built on the blood of Christ. It's not built on any of our righteousness or our hope or our financial stability or our good health or our bad health. It's built on Christ. Hope is in the Lord. Pastor Doug read to us this morning, Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope now, whose hope the Lord is. First Peter 1.20 says, Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. That's where our hope is. That's where we glory. It's in God and the work of Christ. We patiently wait on the Lord in hope and hope does not make a shame, verses 2 through 5, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And listen to this. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We, we rejoice that we do have a hope that is steadfast. We rejoice that it's in God, the glory of God. Verse 3, it says, Not only so, but we glory in tribulation. So those things that might shake your hope, the Bible tells us to rejoice in those. Rejoice in our hope. Rejoice in your tribulation. Rejoice in it. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. In verse 5, it says, Hope maketh not ashamed. That's what Paul was talking about in chapter 1 when he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, we're included in that. We, it is the power of God that keeps us. It's the power of God that brings us to salvation. It's the power of God. You know, he's the one that created the universe. It's the power of God that keeps us.
which brings us to our next point, which is uh, his love is towards us, or we stand in his love. Um, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit for the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Turn over in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. It's going to help us to understand what this love is. It won't even take much explanation from me because it's pretty clear. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We're blessed with all spiritual blessings. Think on that for a minute. Does that not encourage your heart? Verse 4 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Accordingly, he chose us before the foundation of the world. You know, I've heard that, you know, we, we come to this crossroad in life. And when we get to that crossroad, we have to choose if we're going to continue on our life as, as we have in the past or are we going to choose God. I want to tell you, it was decided before the foundation. I didn't even have a vote. I didn't wasn't even at the crossroad yet. Never even heard of the crossroad when, when it decided who God's children were going to be. He chose us before the foundation of the world, before the beginning began. We were chosen. Think on that. that we should be holy and without blame. When we come to faith in Christ, you know, um, I just want to be clear that, you know, even though we're chosen before the foundation of the world, doesn't mean we don't have a responsibility. We still have a responsibility to come. We still have a responsibility to turn to Christ in repentance and faith. God is sovereign, but man is responsible. That works together somehow. I don't understand it all, but it works together. We have God has chosen us. He's sovereign over the universe. Like we saw last week, if God wanted to move that tree from there to there, you think anything could stop it from happening? I don't I don't understand all that I need to know all that I want to know about how God elects us all I know is they did all I know and that's the way it is with us so we can't sit back by some of the great missionaries when he said he was going to go to India and his 
one of the leaders of the church said, if God wants to save those heathens, he'll do it without your help. We still have to go. God still uses people. He still uses people. And we'll see that here in this passage. He says we're, we're to be without blame or blameless. That doesn't mean we don't have blame. It means that we have less blame or blame less. Doesn't mean that we're sinless, but we sin less. That's what it means when we come to faith in Christ. Verse 5, having predestined us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. We're predestined. We're adopted into God's family. And why does he do it? It's right there in the end of that verse. He says, for the good pleasure of his will. That's the only way I can explain why God would choose me or he would choose you. Is what he wanted to. It was his will. Verse 6, it says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted into the beloved. Does that not reassure you that you're accepted into the beloved? We are accepted. You know, sometimes you may feel like your family don't want you around. We're always accepted in God's family. <laughs> We're accepted in the love. We're blessed with all spiritual blessings to make us holy and without blame. We're not without blame, but we're blameless. We're not without sin, but we sin less. We have the Holy Ghost in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. He has chosen us before the foundation of the world. We are adopted into the family of God. Why does he do, do so? Why does he love us so? Because of the good pleasure of his will. In verse, look at verse 1, 11, Ephesians 1, 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Think about that. When you come to faith in Christ, you obtain an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. When, we think, when you think about that, when you back up and just look at how God's will comes to pass, no matter what men do or what Satan does. Satan thought he had God over a barrel when he calls Adam and Eve to sin. We learn that in Hebrews when God talks about he's going to raise men up to be higher than the angels. 
how can God, and he thought God, he had God in, in a dilemma where how can God save those who are sin, sinful and then raise them above the angels? You see the difficulty there? But he didn't know. He didn't know that when Christ died, the eternal one, Jesus Christ, died for the eternal wrath of God for that payment of sin so that some can come, all can come, all who come to Christ, he will in no wise cast out. Look at Ephesians 1.13, and this is a description of someone coming to faith in Christ. If you wanted a step-by-step of what happened when you came to faith in Christ, this is it. It's difficult for us to put it down on paper. We have to kind of list these steps. But all these things kind of happen at an instance. So you really have to think through, okay, what happened? How did it happen? Verse 13, it says, In whom you also trusted... After that, you heard the word of truth. You trusted Christ. Then you heard the word of truth. You have to trust enough to hear the word of truth. Or you just neglect it offhand. And that's the work of Christ. That's the sovereignty of God working to make you want to listen. You know, I heard someone say, when I came to Christ, He changed my wanter. He changed all the things I wanted to do. I don't do those things I used to do. He changes your wanter. That's what He's talking about here. You have to trust enough to listen. You have to trust enough to hear the Word. And that's important too. You have to hear the Word you have to hear the gospel to come to him. You have to hear it. And how do you hear it? You hear it by some other sinner who's came to faith in Christ telling you. So you see, God is sovereign. But we are responsible. We're, we're responsible to listen and we're responsible to tell. The gospel of your salvation in whom also you have, after that you believe, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When you came to faith in Christ, you were sealed, you received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is part of God. You became part, somehow, the Spirit indwells you and God knows who you are. He knows you by name. Verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. You see, this is an account of coming to faith in Christ. You, you, you trusted the word of truth. What did you hear? You heard the gospel. You believe the gospel. 
you were sealed with the Holy Spirit uh, this past week or so my wife and I was reading through Genesis and we came to that part in Genesis where Joseph became the second person second highest person in Egypt because he was able God gave him the ability to interpret a dream that Pharaoh had and Pharaoh said, you're the second highest person in this land. Whatever you say goes. And he gave him a ring. He put that ring on his finger. And that ring is like a rubber stamp we use today. He put the stamp of approval on it. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He puts his stamp on us somehow... He indwells us and we become His and He seals us for eternity that we are a child of God. We belong to Him. If you want to purchase a house, you put down earnest money saying, yes, I'm going to buy this house. We just got all these legal things we got to go through first, but yes, I'm interested in your house. And if everything works out right, then I'll purchase this house. That's the earnest of the Holy Spirit. He's purchased us and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy, the Holy Spirit marks us as His possession when we come to Christ. That should encourage your heart. You should be shouting, Hallelujah! I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit. I got the Holy Spirit in me. And why does he does do it? Back in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Why does God do it? Listen. Listen. I want you to listen. Don't change the channel on me right now. I want you to listen. I want you to hear what the Bible says. And to answer to that question, why does God do it? It's because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. That's why he does it. That's why he gives us this great assurance. So that we would know, we would understand that when you come to Christ, it's forever. It's not temporary. We can't lose our salvation. We can't. All right, I'm going to stop right there. I want you to understand, people, is that God saves us forever. And He gives us assurance. He doesn't just leave us to ourselves. He gives us assurance. And I want you to be encouraged today. If you're struggling with your salvation, if you're struggling, if God loves you, if you're struggling as God too far away from you. 
want you to understand he's not. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And if all this doesn't make sense to you, and you say, I don't, this has never happened to me. I want you to know that this is a call, this is a gospel call for you to come to Christ. Turn to him in repentance and faith today. And trust him. Put your faith and trust in him. Believe what he's done for you. Come to Christ. Let's pray. Father, again, we just thank you and we praise you and we honor you and we worship you for this great salvation that you provided. Father, we thank you that you call us and that you do a work in our hearts and our lives and you bring us to the place where we must trust you. Father, we thank you for that. And Father, we ask that if there's one here today that you're calling, that they would just trust you today. Trust you right where they are. Don't delay. Don't delay, Son. Come. Come to faith in Christ today. Father, we just thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's stand and we'll sing our last song. by this song as we close uh, He Will Hold Me Fast.